0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David! Yes. How you doing?
1: Well, I'm excited. Okay. And a bit dismayed. Oh, watch out. Hang on now. Well, um, do you remember, go way back to end of February, all the way back. Okay. What's that? Three months? Yeah. Not quite? Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what my favorite film of 2014 was? was. Hang on, hang on.
0: I got to go way back. I'll do some uh, Sanford Meisner uh, sense memory back to uh late February. Oh boy.
1: I believe it was Selma. That's right, it was Selma. Okay. Directed by Ava DuVernay. Yeah. And the word on the street is that uh she's being approached by Marvel Studios to make to direct a Marvel movie—that's very exciting. A Marvel diversity movie, Ugh. whatever that means. <laughs> I guess that just means. You had me? Then you lost me. Non-male, non-white. Because yeah, that's obviously that's yeah, that's the only thing she'd be good at, right? Why not? D- it seems really. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, it, I'm not how, sure what like, the word is. How do they take a? Uh,
0: I, well, I'm not sure if I'd say she's an important filmmaker, but an interesting new, fresh filmmaker, how do they take that, say, we're going to... And don't get me wrong, Like I like the idea of a fresh perspective, you know, like, right. oh, a, a, a woman directing this. That's that's fun. But but when they specifically say that's what it is, she's the new... You've got Marvel Knights, now we've got Marvel diversity. Right. And <laughs> it just feels like, I'm sorry to put it this way, it feels almost like an affirmative action or equal opportunity kind of thing, where it's like, yes, yes, she we can't let her handle any big things but we want people to lighten up on us so we'll give her this and uh, i'm sure she can't think outside of her own personal experience
1: <laughs> like yeah. a, like a man can right exactly it's like looking at her and saying like well this is what oh movies about black people this is what she does she yeah. can do the uh, the 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 black panther or whatever yeah black panther or i guess probably captain marvel which is
0: uh the character in the in the movie is going to be a female right and so yeah it'll probably be one of those two i can't think i don't have the whole slate in front of me but
1: yeah i don't know what else i don't i don't remember what else yeah. they got these things planned into like the year 20 they literally haven't planned up until 2099 when they introduce <laughs> ravage 2099 <Nice>. spiderman 2099 <laughs> <laughs> and other comic book lines that people stopped
0: caring about almost the, immediately. Yeah, yeah, through the, the half of the first issue. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I guess in the end, ultimately, it's like she's getting work, and it's high profile work. And if she does well, which mm-hmm. I'm sure she will, certainly the film will probably do well financially. Then she'll get more work out of it. So in the end, that's what I have to be happy about. But like,
1: given the way that Joss Whedon has since Stepping away from Marvel. Yeah. You know, sort of taken off the muzzle and made it somewhat clear while still being politic. Made it clear that he was not very happy working with Marvel. Yeah. My first thing, my my first feeling is like, it's not, all right, the director that I like. It's like, oh shit, like, I wish you were making, (laughs) I wish you were moving on to something that was more, where she could express herself more.
0: Which I think is why I'm... (laughs)
1: Which is why I'm.
0: Whatever solace I take in this is that if she makes, you know, let's let's just stick with Black Panther for the time being, like she makes the Black Panther movie. It'll make a bunch of money, hopefully. Um, I mean, the movie could be crap. And so in which case I don't want it to make a lot of money. But, you know, Chadwick Boseman, Andy Serkis and, you know, out of makeup as the villain or a villain. Um, that all sounds very good. And it's, and even though I didn't love guardians of the galaxy, I wanted that to do well and I wanted it to be good. But if black Panther does well, then again, undoubtedly Marvel will really make it really, uh, kind of dilute whatever she brings to it, but it will make her a bankable filmmaker. And then hopefully she can go on to do something that she wants to do. Um, and then that's, you know, Uh, At the at the risk of sounding like you know PC or whatever whatever it is, like it's one more solid female director working in Hollywood, and that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, Um, have you been reading this blog uh, that's uh, been tearing up the internet? Uh, Someone started a blog, uh, uh, a Tumblr um, that was just it was it's called "Shit Women's Shit People Say to Women Directors," and it was just like people. Just emailing their experience of like things that people have said to them as women, and now it's it's expanded beyond just women directors to be like just women working in Hollywood okay. at all, and it's taken off. Some like there, it's just jaw drop jaw dropping how many entries there are now. Does uh, it extend to
0: Does it ex- extend to actresses? Because I feel like that might be the group that is given a sort of maybe not privileged, but is elevated
1: above. Other women working in the industry. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's mostly it seems to be mostly the crew. But I think there are some actresses who've weighed in. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I think it is mostly uh, the crew anyway. um, And now the ACLU is uh, asking for investigation. Like it's it's on it's on people's minds. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's and if there's one thing that always works out well, it's when government tells Hollywood what to do. <laughs> right, that's always worked out well in the past. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, the, uh, the enemy of art is the absence of limitations. So I guess the government, I guess what I'm saying is the government needs to step in. I don't think I thought that through. <laughs> um, you know uh, what, you're making sense, David. You, you, you got me. Uh, all right, well... What uh, what do we have to talk about today besides our topic?
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing we've got to talk about. Yeah,
1: is that this episode is sponsored
0: by Movie, a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Movie's curators introduce a new title, and you have thirty days to watch it. That means there's always thirty wonderful films to enjoy, all for only four ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Retention. You can try you can try movie free for a month. Just go to moviecom that's M-U-B-I.com, slash Battleship, to redeem now.
1: Thank you. And I also want to tell you about, uh, not you, Tyler, you know. Oh, I know. I'm in the know. Yeah, we know what the best earbuds in the world are. And they're tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're professional quality they in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors the bright mm-hmm. those colors yeah, and almost they, blinding they yeah but they sound yeah. great you know it's okay that they're blinding yeah because oh, you got yeah uh, they sound fantastic yeah. you won't need to see anymore right. once you're listening to tweakedaudio.com. oh if daredevil earbuds. had these things don't yeah. even get me started <laughs> uh, gotten rid of the kingpin halfway through <laughs> the second episode um so, uh, tweaked is where you go for those. They're already at a low, low price, but if you go to tweaked audio.com slash pretension, you get that for one third off and no shipping charges. That's tweaked audio.com slash pretension. All right. All right, indeed. Let's get into it. Shall we? Uh,
0: absolutely. There <laughs> mi- know you know, I- in the future, there might be a big thing in between those two. <laughs> all rights. You realize that? Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. So I will introduce you to introduce the topic. Apparently this is a topic that you've been pitching for years and I keep shooting down. I do not remember it at all. Um, I find myself, what what do we got?
1: I find myself increasingly concerned with what a movie's runtime is. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I always want to know, I get, sometimes I go to press screenings for movies that, like, don't have a lot of information out Mm -hmm. on the internet yet, and sometimes it's hard to find out what the runtime is, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I get, like, not quite panicky, but I do get a little anxious about not knowing how long the movie I'm about to sit down and watch is. But not, even now, I found, like, when we were doing our uh, movie journal this week, I found myself, including in my discussion of the movie Whether or not it was over two hours or under 90 minutes or what, like it seems to it seems to really factor into the whole truth of the movie for me uh, and is a big part of the 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 experience. So I guess I wanted to do an episode to talk about runtimes and see if we could get to the bottom, which we never do. But if we could at least talk around for an hour, uh, why runtimes are so important to me. So
0: the answer is, why is it important? The, the question is, why is it important to you? So w- the two of us are going to work that out?
1: I mean, uh, I think this, uh, anyone, who likes movies, <laughs> anyone who likes movies, but I, yeah. I'm i in this for myself. Yeah, I'm it, looking out for number one. Yeah,
0: you stick your neck out for nobody. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Since since we had decided on this topic, it got me thinking about, like, okay, well, when somebody – if somebody says, Hey, what do you think of runtimes?" My answer, my, my knee jerk answer is like, yeah, it's as long as a movie goes. Right. <laughs> but as time has gone on, uh, I've started thinking like, okay, well you and I have sometimes jokingly, but we mean it have talked about like when a good movie is short, uh-huh. like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, and I try to think, well, why is that? If a good movie is good, don't I just want it to continue? And then I start to think, Maybe it's good because it's short. Not yeah. not solely for that yeah. reason obviously, but um, you know, did you get in see, get out.
1: Uh the movie that I love uh directed by Fred Scapese called 6 Degrees of Separation. Yeah. Um that I weirdly watched like discovered Kind of young for the movie that it is. It's a, mm-hmm. like a grown-up person's movie, but watched all the time. For some reason, I'm obsessed with this movie. Yeah, uh, but there's a scene in it. I mean, have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay, so um, Donald Sutherland talks about when his kids were young, going to their classroom and seeing all the like paintings they'd done in art class, and how mm-hmm. and he's an art dealer. Uh, the character is, and he's saying these are all amazing. Um, how have you? How have you, he says to the art teacher, "How have you created all these?" geniuses in your class and she says i just know when to take them away yeah <laughs> uh and i think that's that's the thing of a of a great movie and i but i do think we as you know oscar season or award season uh prestige season shows i think we do tend to subconsciously place more importance on longer movies yeah. like oh this is this is important uh but one of my favorite top ten movies of last year it was my one of my favorite top ten movies of last year. Yeah, um, not one it's of like, those middling top ten yeah, movies. Yeah. There's ten of them, about. but we all know <laughs> they uh, know where they stand. You know, one of my favorite movies of last year was "Obvious Child," which mm-hmm. I really I put it on my top ten, and yeah. it's like eighty three minutes. And oh yeah, and you also love
0: "They Came Together," which right. I believe is seventy five minutes. Perfect, love yeah.
1: it. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's a thing that I. All right, this is not – I don't think in these terms very often, and I I, I feel like it can be – dangerous is maybe too dramatic a word. But I feel like it, it can be counterproductive to think too much in these terms uh, in regards to, like, a film respecting its audience. Now, I'm fine if a film doesn't. Now, I – I think a film should always respect its audience, its audience's intelligence. I think it can hold their feet to the fire, like in Funny Games Mm -hmm. or a movie that I love, Cabin in the Woods. Um, That's fine. Like, there's no rule that a movie has to like its audience
1: or respect (laughs) its audience. But I do. Wait, you just said it was supposed to respect its audience.
0: It's 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 audiences uh, intelligence. Oh, okay, I see. Like, I see. Don't don't dumb yourself down thinking I'm dumb. Right. Like, or if you do do that, have that be a commentary on what you are doing. You know, have have it be a, an artistic choice, not a uh, not a lowest common denominator kind of thing. So, as far as like respecting the audience in general as human beings or whatever, uh, I don't necessarily require that. Um, <laughs> I tend not to love those movies, but at the same time, I really like Cabin in the Woods. I love Funny Games. Um, but in terms of respecting your audience's time and realizing that, and I, I'm not, I don't consider myself much in a much of an audience advocate. Uh, Usually, I go the other way and think that audiences should cut filmmakers as much slack as possible. But what I will say is that. You know, people are spending not merely their money and at this point more money than it used to be, mm-hmm. but also they're spending their time to see your movie. And I think that's one of the things to tie into a thing that you and I talk about all the time. Certain types of comedies have gotten much longer and they do not need to be. And there's a there's a, a quality of self-importance there. Uh, of like, yes, yes, we're making a comedy, but we're making a comedy with heart. So we're going to go a little longer. It's like, you don't need to be this long. Why are you, yeah, like are an you an obvious child? Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Um, you don't need to be, are you doing this to try to convince me that you're serious? Because now you don't, it's not so much that you care about doing your job. You want me to acknowledge that you're doing a job.
1: I don't <laughs> right. Know. Yeah. There's um, the saying that I, I don't know if it's Roger Ebert, like no, uh, no good movie is too long and no bad movie is too short. Yeah, I, like that. I believe
0: that is Roger Ebert. Yes.
1: But sometimes there are movies that are bad or less good, at least because they're too long. The, yeah. the runtime literally is the problem um, or maybe the runtime is a byproduct of the problem, which is that there wasn't a sure enough. Uh, editorial hand. Yeah. Uh, I think I, so I forget what I say on mic and off, but I feel like we recently talked about the five year engagement maybe. Yeah, uh, for, I think Manchild movies maybe. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's a movie that I think what I said and what I stand by is that the five year engagement is actually a very good 100 minute movie. It's just that it happens to be 130 minutes long.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah, I think you're right when you say it is mostly a byproduct if not, the vast majority of the time, the a byproduct of you know, if it's if you feel like ah, that movie was exactly as long as it needed to be, what that usually means is that the content was satisfying. Uh-huh. Um, but if a movie, if you feel like it's too long, that means that they've put in things that didn't need to be there, and they probably are covering ground that they already adequately covered, and now it's overkill and all that sort of thing. Um, so I feel like it's mostly that. There's only a couple instances I can think of. Where someone decided this movie's going to be this long. All right, content. Wh- what do you got? <laughs> One example is The Social Network. The studio said they wanted it to be two, no longer than two hours. But the script was notably longer than that. So David Fincher said, "All right, everybody, talk faster." And that was it. He didn't want to. He wasn't going to cut the. The script was already where he wanted it. And if you watch that movie, people are going along at a pretty good clip, which works well with Sorkin. Yeah but um that's funny is it really
1: only two hours
0: yeah i I think it's right at two hours the movie's longer yeah um
1: and and let me ask you this
0: so with that example and i mean i know i just i just sprung it on you but at the same time like with that example do you think the film benefits from a constant uh, when you have people talking faster to get in under two minutes i feel like it it causes a forward momentum and of course Vincher does all kinds of things in that film to create that
1: as well. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, because it works in concert with the way that he's shooting and especially editing the movie, it works. If it were just, if it were just a movie that otherwise were the same, but everyone's just talking faster, that would be weird.
0: Like Jim Jarmusch is like, all right guys,
1: let's go. (laughs) go." Oh Uh,
0: God.
1: um, I had something to say and I forgot what it was.
0: Um, Oh good. All right. Uh, So I'm trying to think of like movies that, and I mentioned like the Judd Apatow films and stuff like that. That I feel like you, you don't need to go on this. Why do you? Let me ask you this. And self indulgent is a term you and I don't like to use. Um, but in your opinion, why why do certain filmmakers feel like they need to go as long as they do?
1: Well, especially I mean, if you ask me, to, especially Jared Apatow. Let's, say,
0: let's go with him first.
1: I think that he had two mega hits and got it in his head that everything he had to say was worth saying. Yeah. And also because he had two mega hits, no one was, no one's going to tell him no. Uh, yeah. And until one of his movies completely flops, he's got the right to do whatever he wants. And that's why, uh, you know, uh, I didn't see funny people, but that's like, that's like literally like two and a half hours. Right. Yeah. Whereas this is 40 is like two fifteen, I think. And it's like, showed some restraint with this is 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's like easy. I'm, I, I've got my own limits.
0: Um, yeah, it's, Two and a half hours that 's longer than, for example, the Avengers uh-huh. and that 's only a little bit shorter than Nashville, which is known for having twenty four well developed characters like right. it's well do you and, think- I, and I saw funny people and there 's again, like what you said there 's a very good story in there, and these are very good characters, but it just it just plods along and it goes to what I was saying it 's just like I watch it and I think like yeah yeah you're funny and everything but do you think I have nowhere else to be like <laughs> like do you, why is there no sense of and there doesn't have to be a sense of urgency but if you if you remove a sense of urgency I tend not to be super invested in the characters if they don't if they don't care I
1: probably won't either do you think part of it is you know we, we learn in, in film school and film history classes about in the 1950s when uh, television became a threat to cinema all the things they the gimmicks they pulled to make cinema to make movie theaters different than tv do you think that's part of it why these big like because it's not just the prestige movies in the the year it's the summer blockbusters as well your transformers movies are two hours and 30 and two hours and 40 minutes long oh yeah i think do you think think that's part of what it is like
0: i think like 165 170 minutes (laughs) crazy
1: that's insane Um, and so do you do you think that's maybe part of part of it that it's them saying or uh, like, well, TV is, I mean, we're in another golden age of TV right now, or we, yeah. I think we're in like a, a permanent golden age of TV, uh, a permanent revolution as just mm-hmm. chairman Mao would say. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, do you think it's like, well, this is something that TV can't do. This is going to be in 3d and it's going to be a huge three hour long event. Event. That's yeah. the word. Like
0: at the time, I think, uh, TV is like, it's small. And it's short, and yes, it's convenient, but it's on at on a tiny screen in black and white, and it's only in a half hour it's it couldn't be more disposable, but look at this cinemascope three d and it's three hours long. We've got too much story to uh-huh. tell you in a paltry half hour much even two hours yeah. with this like this is so important, it's too big for a standard runtime, Like it, it creates a sense. I mean, when we went to the music box, um, and saw Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. they tried their best to like recreate what it would have been like to see it at the time. There was a, the organ player beforehand, they observed the intermission. Yeah. And before you know it, we've been out all night long yeah. and it was great. And it felt like an event. It felt special. And so, yeah, to have these movies, I think psychologically, and I think it, I think you're right. Psychologically. It's like, this movie's long. It must be, there must be, there must really be something to it. And I think, <laughs> I think that's probably out of the, the fifties and sixties.
1: Um, now I, do those movies, now I haven't seen how many Transformers movies, Transformers movies four. Have you seen? you've seen. Four? Oh no, sorry. Have I seen yeah. one, one. Okay. Uh, the first one. Yeah. How long is it?
0: Uh, I seem to recall it being over 2, maybe 2.15. Okay, does I might it, be wrong about does
1: that. Does it feel long? What I'm wondering is, I guess my question is, these blockbuster movies that are long because they have more effects and bigger set pieces and longer uh, action sequences or whatever, do those feel as long as, say, something like Into Great Silence, which is the three hours where almost no one talks? You know what? They both feel long
0: which seems completely counterintuitive uh-huh. considering that they could not be more different. Uh one is silence and the other is noise, both aurally audi- uh and visually. But um yeah, I mean I found I
1: mean you watched half of the first one, right? Transformers? I I didn't even get it felt like I had watched okay. the two hours. I don't think I even got 45 minutes. In. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean I and the first one is apparently not even that bad, but I, I hear the second one's just an absolute mess. But um But yeah, it's after a while it becomes boring to me just because just that nonstop action that is then drawn out like, oh, we need this action sequence to be like fifteen minutes long in the middle of the movie. It's not even a climax. Um and just like well, now you've flatlined. Like mm-hmm.
1: it, it, there has oh. to be peaks and valleys and like in um Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. When he fights the dinosaurs. Yeah. And it's like the rest of the movie just stops for that. I and don't I don't like that sequence at all.
0: And you know, and I I like King Kong, but that sequence where it's just King Kong versus this T-Rex, here comes another one, watch out, here's a third one. So he's fighting these things, it's this long, drawn-out thing. And then he lands at the bottom of this ravine, and then there's just one T-Rex, and there's nowhere for him to hide, there's nowhere for the T-Rex to go, it's just a -a mano-a-mano kind of thing. And and then there's a short, like, there's like a little minute-and-a-half thing, and that wound up being more thrilling than everything that preceded it. Because it's just you and me, Uh it's, it's purer, it's more simplified and it's shorter. Yeah. And it was just like, by then it's like, look, I recognize you want to try and make King Kong into like an American epic, which it already kind of is, but the original is at like 90 minutes. Um, like I realize you're trying to do that, but more and longer doesn't inherently mean that I can't think of anybody that loves film that would say they like Peter Jackson's film more yeah. than the than the uh, Co- uh, who's it Cooper who made the uh, something Cooper I, I don't know shoot now I don't remember <laughs> yeah but you know the original I don't is, claim you know. The, the original is is great and by and by the time that one if you were to start them at the same time by the time that one is over I think they just got into the island or something like that yeah um and that's a great example I'm glad you brought it up like that movie. If you want to if you want to contextualize like what a longer running time looks like same story but one is like an hour and a half longer
1: uh you know we joked about or i uh, I, I made that joke before at the top of the show about the uh what is it the absence of limitations yeah, yeah. or whatever but um did you see the uh, the 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 thing I, I I tweeted a link to it because I liked it so much at crackcom that was about why um why basically I can't remember exactly how they phrased it but like it was like six reasons because everything has a number now on, on the internet it's like six but, but it's a great I don't want to sound like I'm t- talking shit because it's a great article like, does a lot of good stuff yeah and it was like six reasons why CGI now looks worse than it did I in did. Jurassic Park or whatever I read that yeah and one of the things he the, the guy uh, mentions, I forgot his name, unfortunately was was um, just as a percentage of the runtime, just how little we see of the dinosaurs in general and specifically how little little CGI dinosaurs there actually are in Jurassic park. Mm-hmm. Most, so much of the movie doesn't have any dinosaurs or CGI in it, but now that we can, we just cram it all in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, so it's, uh, it's taken away, some of the effect of it. And it's not, um, instead of being awe inspiring, like it was in Jurassic park. Now it's numbing. Yeah. To me it's, which is, and I think that still to certain people hits a pleasure center. It's not, it's not painful to a lot of people to have, I mean, to someone like my wife who hates those kind of like CGI, um, just cascades of CGI type movies. Um, it is, but I think to most people it's not unpleasant, but it's, yeah, numbing is the way I feel. Like, I, I mean, I, so I felt about that movie. Uh, well, Man of, Man of Steel did it uh, yeah. a lot, but even before that, Real Steel was a movie okay. that I was like, this is supposed to be a father son movie. Why is it so loud and so cacophonous and so yeah. garish and just so much of everything all the time? It's deadening. I seem to recall the very first movie that
0: I ever described as mind numbing was van helsing (laughs) um and of course i'd seen worse things before then but i think where i was as a film lover at the time it's like i went to see it because i liked the idea i still like the idea of the of the movie but just the way it was put together and i remember there was an action sequence that just went on and on and after a while i was just like this brings me no pleasure maybe again maybe if it was and I think maybe if it was shorter, cause I do think that I think even if you're not an action person, I think you can get excited by action just almost inherently just like loud noises and flashes on the screen. And mm-hmm. like, and hopefully if there's a character you even mildly care about and they're in peril, like, okay, I'm interested. Um, but I feel like after, I mean, I don't want to put a specific number on it, but let's go ahead and say two minutes. I feel like after two minutes, unless the action changes notably, like the stakes change or whatever, unless to to such an extent that it could even be viewed as a new sequence, I feel like after that,
1: Again, for me, it just flatlines, which I guess is
0: another way of saying it, it numbs. If, it you numbs s- me if you
1: stand in the rain, you can only get so wet, and then you're just yeah. wet and standing yeah, in the rain. Yeah, I am. Sa- <laughs> you, can, you, you have saturated me. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you know what? The, but uh, the difference here, you know, um, did you see 13 Assassins? I did not. Because 13 Assassins is an awesome movie that ends with a, like, no joke, 40-minute-long battle. Mm-hmm. But it's not a... Uh, computer graphics thing and it also has it's a battle that takes place, it's almost like a this sounds this is gonna sound super pretentious, but almost like a symphony with like movements and little yeah. like sort of um themes that uh pop up here and there and there's many stories within the battle and also just the fact that it's um I, I mean I I'm not sure how to say this. It doesn't make me sound uh snotty and reduct uh, reduct reductive um but it's i guess it's a kind of filmmaking that seems like it it earned its length yeah. you know what i mean oh, absolutely. whereas if it's uh you know let's have this uh cg monster punch this cg monster yeah for a, a few more minutes it doesn't feel and i mean there's an artistry to that too yeah but there's also i think or, or I should say there very much can be an artistry to that um, and but so often it's used in lieu of artistry
0: you know and it's
1: the idea of earning its
0: runtime that reminds me of of something else that I've talked about, which is oddly enough, this will intersect with man of Steel, which is like for example uh, 9/11, uh, 9-11 imagery. Uh-huh. There are movies that will invoke that, but I think very few movies actually. They use that to show how significant they how significant they are as a piece of art. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like you really need to earn your nine eleven imagery. Much as I don't like Avatar, I think it does. Okay, um, Man of Steel notably does not. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, well, what, what what qualifies as? As 911 imagery, I think people running as ash falls. Okay, because Ultron things, did it too. Ultron did it too. Uh, most not, notably in the Hulk Iron Man fight. Yeah, when Iron Man is doing everything he can to remove that, and then even Hulk, as he's trapped at the towards the end of the fight, he's looking around and seeing all this stuff, and even in his Hulk state, is traumatized by what he has done right so i feel like by trying to prevent it and showing that the characters themselves are dealing with the aftermath of that emotionally okay
1: then i feel like it earns
0: it um and so but what but that's the thing so i'm talking you know 9 11 imagery or runtime what we're talking about is a movie earning its its own sense of significance you know what i mean like We've been talking about a movie that is long. Feel, it just naturally feels more significant. Whether it should or not, should or not is not the right, issue. Right. I think we do naturally assume this is, a, this is an important movie. This is significant. And I think it does need to earn that. I'll bring up a movie that I think is too short. I think it's more significant than it run, its runtime allows, and okay. that's unbroken. Okay, That's one that I was like, you add 25 minutes to this? Uh-huh. Uh, the last 25 you know the 25 minutes after he is no longer in danger and that sort of thing but once he's starting to deal with the aftermath of everything we've just seen you had 25 minutes to this it it could possibly be my f- one of my favorite movies of last year but they cut it off because a maybe the studio thought that everything after that isn't as dynamic which i guess visually it isn't but as far as the character goes i think it is uh maybe even more so but also maybe they're like well it's a you know We're really going to try and push this as like an inspirational film and that kind of thing. And, and, and maybe we want to try and, and I, it got a, it got a very wide release, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think maybe the studio wanted to keep it short, um, which is weird because part of me is like, this could be viewed as a prestige picture. If any film allows you, uh, a longer runtime, it's a biographical war prestige picture, Uh you know, Lawrence of Arabia is three fifteen.
1: And I love it. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. Does it feel longer to you? Um, there are parts, obviously. I guess because like whenever I go to see, it, I've seen it at the theater a couple of times, and there's an intermission, so it takes,
0: yeah, it takes more yeah. time
1: to watch. Yeah. And that's a film, I think that
0: you know, it's there are there are times when it when it feels slow, but those those times are meant to feel slow. Mm-hmm. Like a film. I mean, I was talking about like a, fil- a film having like m- forward momentum and, and a sense of urgency. That just – what I tend to mean when I say that is like stakes. And just because a film isn't moving fast doesn't mean it doesn't have any stakes. You know, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, when he's just sitting at that well and here comes Omar Sharif very slowly out of the desert, you know, it takes a while. But I'm like, what's going on (laughs) here? And so, yeah, so I feel like the idea of a movie that – I don't think I can do it in the succinct way,
1: but to adapt that Roger Ebert quote of a good movie what is it? No no good movie is too long and no bad movie
0: is too short. Right. And I feel like there are some good movies that are made bad by being too short or too long. You know? And no, then there are probably some bad premises. I don't know if that's the is that the plural? Yeah. Okay. There are some probably some bad premises that because they're short enough, like, for example, one that you and I, maybe the very first time you and I, as film lovers, had this discussion, not on mic, we didn't have the podcast, was Domestic Disturbance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie's like, what, 80 minutes? Yeah. And the premise does not, the premise is pulpy, uh-huh. and if the movie were any longer than that, if it was 100 minutes, you and I might be like, Ugh. Yeah, come on. But because it's 80 minutes, it, because it's 80 minutes, it's like it is communicating to us. Like, look, we know we're not super important, but we're worth 80 minutes.
1: Yeah, I like the movie. I do, too. I bought the DVD. I haven't watched it in forever, though. Yeah. Um, I keep man. I I full full uh, disclosure. I am sick right now. Yeah. And so I keep losing my train of thought. But you know what? I I made a note to talk about a movie. Um, back when I used to listen to commentaries, which I Mm -hmm. don't do anymore, but, um, sometimes actually interesting stuff comes up. I listened to the commentary on Scotland PA. Oh yeah. Okay. And, uh, Billy, what's his, what's the director's name? You know what? I don't actually know. Hang on. You have it? Yeah. I probably watched your DVD by the way. Um, let's see. Is it Billy something? Billy Morissette. Billy Morissette. Uh, he talks about how his, um, initial cut was was longer and he cut it down because Scotland PA is like 90 95 minutes I think and he cut it down because not because anything in particular needed to be cut but just it wasn't working as a comedy the audience yeah. was running out of steam when he would show it yeah. uh to people or when he would watch it it would feel like it it was harder to laugh at the stuff that happened later in the movie and, yeah, that's, and
0: he's telling a shakespearean tale so if <laughs> yeah. you like there's inherent significance to that so if he stretches it out to like
1: you know drama length right. people
0: might start viewing it that way
1: yeah yeah and that, yeah that's cutting he's cutting for comedy first and foremost
0: yeah and I think maybe that's part of the, the situation.
1: I, look, I think any
0: movie, it's conceivable, any movie in any genre can be any length, and it would—and could still be good. You know, I do tend to think that shorter comedies are better, but I saw It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Uh-huh. It's long, and I will say, that last sequence goes on. Um, I haven't seen it in forever. But it's great, yeah. and I think maybe because it's a race with a big cast, it lends itself to a longer run time because it doesn't slow down except whenever Spencer Tracy's on, on screen. Um, no offense to him. He just shouldn't have gotten that part. Um, and, but that's a, that's a longer comedy that I think works.
1: You know, what's a longer comedy that works? I'm looking at your Blu-ray right there. The Wolf of Wall Street. That's a long movie. That is a long movie. And it, it works to me. Uh, but I guess it's, I length fi- feels like such a fabric of the world that yeah. it's like, everything is huge. Everything's and excessive. excessive. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I do find that film taxing, but that's not a, necessarily a function of its length. Um, yeah. and I think maybe you're supposed to feel a little taxing, just exhausted by the end of it. Um, yeah, that's a good example. And then, you know, there are action movies that can go long or short. Like, I don't mean to say that all comedies should be short, all action movies should be less than two hours a drama okay i'm okay with that and an epic damn well better be three plus hours you know (laughs) um you know i don't mean to to look at it that way but um and i and i do think that i say this as though it's like a you know controversial opinion but i think ultimately content and how the director approaches the content will dictate runtime and a film will feel long if something feels unnecessary.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and, and um, conversely, if it doesn't, even if it doesn't seem, you know, I talked on the movie journal this week about the about colossal youth, which is almost three hours long. Mm. And it's a very low, you know, uh, not low stakes, but it's not a it's not a work of grandeur. Yeah. it's you know pretty much simple static shots of people sitting in rooms talking Mm -hmm. for three hours, but uh, it works because it maintains its uh, emotional momentum and it's uh, there's a liveliness to the performances and everything in the scene. It uh, it it works and it feels like um, it feels like a movie that filled the time that it did because it needed to. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that seems to be what we're really taking away uh, or 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 drilling down to in this discussion is the idea that um some films are longer because someone feels like they need to be to be taken seriously,
0: yeah, and you know uh- you know what i'm david I'm about to get some uh, about to get meta okay we're at forty minutes now our average episode length is an hour to an hour fifteen now, I don't think this conversation can bear that out <laughs> so the question then becomes do we just just try to come up with more examples? i'm not suggesting we in the conversation now but well, we're getting there we're getting there yeah but do we artificially prop up the conversation basically just repeat ourselves so that we can get to a length that people have come to accept as good or do we cut off the uh, episode where it feels like it should be
1: I think we cut off the episode where it feels like it should be, which is right around the corner here. The only other yeah. thing I really want to talk about, actually, um, the new wrinkle in this um, is television runtimes, which have for, you know, since time immemorial, it's a saying that people usually don't stumble over, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'm sick. Um, it's been pretty strict what the TV run times are, right. you know, you've got half hour blocks and hour blocks and then you've got however much you can fit in around the commercials. And then adult swim came along with like the 15 or I guess cartoons were doing 15 networks, 15 minute shows before (laughs) adult swim did. Um, But now uh, it's becoming a lot more fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, certainly Netflix, it doesn't matter. You, You know, you don't have time slots on Netflix, so it doesn't matter. But even like FX doesn't put strict runtimes on its on its shows it seems yeah. like it wants at least an hour but sometimes an episode of the americans or or uh i don't know what else airs on f american horror story will be like oh this one needs to be an hour and 17 minutes and yeah. it just will be um and sometimes that confounds my DVR. but uh <laughs> i i i really like that yeah. um That that's happening. I mean, it happened right away with, uh, not not that Arrested Development Season 4 wasn't the first Netflix show, but that was one that was a sitcom that occasional episodes were like 50 minutes long. Of what? The Arrested Development Season 4.
0: Well, I mean, I was actually going to bring that up because I know that there are some episodes that were like 35 minutes or something like that. 50 sounds long. Am I just
1: exaggerating to make a point? You might be exaggerating, but you know what? And I'll say this. I don't know where to find episode runtimes. I think maybe... I think that's too long.
0: Like I remember there'd be episodes oh, of rest development. Liked I liked, uh, uh, season four more than most people, I think. Yeah. But didn't you not like the first three seasons as much as most people?
1: Uh, no, I, I didn't like season three very much. I would definitely okay. say, yeah, I think that's my contrarian controversial statement is that rest development season four is better than arrest development season three.
0: Oh, interesting. um, to me, I feel like I understand why those episodes are longer than they need to be. Well, it's not, not than they need to be. I don't want to get there yet. But like longer than your average TV episode and certainly longer than previous uh, Arrest Development. There's so much plot. And uh-huh. and, I, and I actually feel like they were so committed to showing us this complex plot. And I don't want to speak ill of it because, you know, friend of the show, Paul Rust, was like a story editor on that. So like you know, and I remember really respecting the story more than I was laughing and there would be times. And also like they would just whip along and just, and it was plot point after plot point after plot point. And if I was able to laugh, great. If not, they didn't seem to care that much. Uh, And then, and then usually I would start to get a little bit worn out around minute 27. And then there are eight more minutes and I'm just like, man, this is like,
1: I don't feel like I can rewatch season four. I can that's rewatch because the other one. I feel like the reason that I, the thing I find so interesting about it is, is how much um, Mitch Hurwitz and company embraced the Netflix model in such a, in such a way that I think it, they intend for you to watch it again and again. That that's why jokes are blowing, blowing past you in the connections. Oh, absolutely. Are so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a labyrinth of connections. Um, I I think that it's, it's made with the intention of being watched over and over again. Yeah. I don't mean to give the
0: impression that I think that to go back to what I was saying earlier, that they padded out their runtime so that it just because they could or to, to seem more important. I think they, those episodes were as long as the creators needed them to be. I just think that after a while I start to feel numb to what they're doing and I want, and I feel, and uh, talking to other people, they felt that way as well. And so the question then becomes like, yes, by all means, have it be as long as you need, as you feel like it needs to be. But then the question is why, all right, by asking this, maybe we will get to an hour. Who's to say? Cause you're more okay. of a TV guy than I am. Okay. Why do certain runtimes work better than others? Why is a half hour acceptable? Why is two hours a breaking point? That's something I became fascinated with when I was looking back at like Von Stroheim and stuff like that. And it's like, there was no actual rule that a movie needed, had to to stop around two hours. What is it about two hours, in the case of TV, either a half hour or an hour, which I recognize fits in well with the schedule. But like,
1: what is it about those time periods that make them more digestible? I think it's just trends, I think. Because, I mean, yeah, you're talking about Movie, but old movies are shorter, like it wasn't, yeah. you know, you go back to the 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 30s and stuff, it wasn't uncommon for a so-called feature-length film to be 55 to 65 minutes, yeah. you know? Um, and now, you know, we're talking about um, major uh, blockbuster movies and prestige movies from major studios being mm-hmm. like, just we're just coming to accept that they're going to be Two hours and twenty to two hours and 40 minutes long that's true uh, and so I think we just although uh, some of us lament that uh, yes yeah. maybe it's as our life expectancies get longer, our tolerance for runtimes gets longer too that is an
0: argument to be made uh, I remember I read an article uh, we, we did an episode that I think you were sick and so I or maybe out of town and so I had Kyle Anderson on and we talked about this article in which someone was reviewing best worst movie. And they showed absolutely no patience for, like, quote-unquote, bad movie night or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because they're just like, you know, when you get... It's like, this seems like the kind of thing you would do more when you're younger. Is, hey, let's watch this terrible movie. You and I had, you know, mm-hmm. we watched bad movie. We watched Crossroads.
1: And Julie And Gigli. And, and Kangaroo Jack? I believe we watched Kangaroo Jack, yes. Yeah. Um, so we watched these... That, that's a, like... Kangaroo Jack isn't even memorable. Like that's how bad like yeah. it didn't it doesn't even have the like the Hutzpah to be Jili. Yeah. It's just that's, unmemorable. That is the correct
0: word for Jili, <laughs> yes. But um But yeah, and so the So this guy actually mentioned that like, you know, when you're younger, you have that kind of time, partially because you don't have maybe you don't have a whole lot of other responsibilities, and you have a lot more time on earth, you know? (laughs) And just like, he goes, but once you hit like 30 and then 40 and 50, and it's like, and your time is precious, not to imply that if you're, you know, 21, your time isn't precious, but like you have a lot of responsibilities now. Like you have kids to raise, you have a wife to, you know, a wife or a husband or a spouse just to hang out with and spend time with. You have work you need to do. Uh, you know, maybe you're taking care of your parents, whatever. Like, like, as you get older these are actual things that take your time and if you can get two hours to spend on watching a movie why the hell would you watch it on a movie you know to be bad <laughs> yeah um and in the same way it's like maybe as you and i get older i mean i know that you were talking about press screenings when i when i look and see like oh we've got an invite for a screen it's like okay let's just take a look at that runtime 111 minutes yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, but if it says like one 30, I'm like, ah, uh, all right. Yeah, maybe like I might still see the movie, but I wind up thinking about traffic <laughs> driving. And maybe that's a Los Angeles thing, but I think it's a city thing in general. Like, okay, what time of day is it? How, and then how long is it? And then, then there was one time when I got the runtime mixed up and I agreed to go to like a two o'clock, uh, show, uh-huh. which in the past I've done that for like a 90 minute film. And I get out at three thirty, three forty-five. That's not terrible as far as getting home. But this one, I got the number wrong and it was like two and a half hours. And so I'm leaving right in the middle of LA traffic. And that's the thing. Like, that's an adult concern uh-huh. young me like young me would have been like who gives a shit i'm seeing a movie oh boy yeah you know but now it's like i need to be able to get home in time for blank you know whatever it is and so i do think that maybe part of it is you can say it's
1: curmudgeonly but i think it's just adulthood yeah. you know i got less time now yeah which means less of my time for you to waste exactly which, long movies.
0: which goes back to what i was saying about like respecting your audience's time like yeah They do have places to be
1: and they're choosing to see your movie. So don't squander that. That seems like full circle to me, and I like the idea of making this, this episode short of all episodes. It's kind of wonderful. So uh, you can find us at com. You can email us at David at com or Tyler at com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at pretension You can follow Tyler at TylerPretention. Tyler, your other podcast is something known as More Than One Lesson. What's going on this week? Uh, this week we posted our mini-sode about
0: Lord Richard Attenborough's Gandhi. Uh, the best picture of 1982, our birth year, David.
1: Right. Um, Ironically, a mini-sode, because that movie, if I recall correctly, is five and a half hours long. <laughs> it is very long. <laughs> but you know what? I'll say this.
0: I don't, a, I don't think it's a great movie. Ben Kingsley is great in it, as one would assume. Um, Richard Attenborough, it's so interesting. And I think I say this in the mini I recorded it several weeks ago, so I don't remember. But like Richard Attenborough, he came up as an actor in the forties and fifties. And I think that sensibility carried over into his directing. Gandhi feels like it could have been made in 1961. It's really interesting. So it actually, classicism. Sure. Classicalism. Yeah. classic. I don't, I don't know what any of this means. Classicism sounds negative.
1: Sounds like classism. Yeah. I think I made up classicism. Okay. Yeah. Classicalism. (laughs) Let's go with that. He's Um, a classicalist. Yeah. That's a word classicalist yeah sure okay uh
0: moving on so uh but yeah it feels like that and i think frankly most of the good epics back then i think would move along at a pretty good pace and so though gandhi is long it does move along pretty quickly um and i don't think in what in rewatching it uh i don't think i was actually bored i
1: think so you're a you're a defender of the
0: uh, of gandhi I mean, looking at the other movies that came out in 82, I don't think it should have won Best Picture. I think that should have gone to E.T. But But it's uh, better
1: than its reputation would suggest. I think so. Okay. Uh, My other podcast is about television. It's called Hey, Watch This. Uh, This week, Paul's taking off, so I'm reuniting with my old previously on host, Sean Ingram, and we'll be talking about Veep and Nashville. So check that out. Uh, That's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: gross thing. Sorry. <laughs> it <is> so gross. <laughs> and of course, I'm sure the audio for that is wonderful. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to do this gross thing. Hang on. Um, <laughs> look, I know what I need to wake up. <laughs> All right. Um, I wish I wasn't so easily distracted. You know? Me too. Like these (laughs) fucking assholes out here. They're perfectly nice people. Okay, you ready? Yep. Oh, I almost did more than one lesson. Okay, here we go.